0: I'm Gabby. I'm a senior library assistant. My pronouns are she, her, and I think the sexiest literary character is Archie Goodwin. I'm Amanda. I'm a librarian. My pronouns are she, her, and
1: I think the sexiest literary character is Aowen from Lord of the Rings.
2: Hi, my name's Brittany. I'm a library services supervisor. My pronouns are she, her. The sexiest literary character for me is maybe Gilbert Blythe because he's so sweet and charming and he's cute and that's sexy.
0: And this is the Ask Us Desk. We are the Ask Us Desk. We are three library professionals who are here to answer your questions and talk about books, reading, libraries, and just about anything else. Do you need a suggestion for your next read? Please ask us. You can reach us, you know, at 555- <laughs> <laughs> you you know or join us in the modern world send us an email uh, at askuspod at gmail.com or find us on social media at askuspod on twitter and instagram and
2: we are doing a reading challenge this year we have 12 prompts tied to the months january was short and sweet and february is let's talk about sex which is books with romance or nonfiction books about sexuality or however you want to, in- to interpret that prompt. Uh, if you'd like to join us with the challenge, you just use the hashtag ask us reading challenge, tag us on Twitter and Instagram at ask us Pod. We'd love to see what y'all are reading. We'll sharing what um, we're reading and what we're suggesting as well. So talking about what we're currently reading, what are you guys reading right now? I'm currently
1: reading Love at First Spite by Anna E. Collins. It is a happily ever after romance. It's about a woman who was about to get married to this real asshole. And um, not only were there red flags before their wedding day with him, um, she they wanted to buy a house together, but he just bought it outright under his own name. Ooh. After that, their wedding day found out that he had cheated on her with their like real estate agent or something <laughs> so she runs away from the wedding and doesn't want to get married to him anymore um <laughs> but also because her asshole um ex-fiance is an idiot he didn't listen to her when they bought their house she said that they should also buy the plot of lands next door otherwise it'll like destroy their view mm-hmm. and so she out of spite buys that little plot of land and decides to build a spite house that blocks his view and um, does all sorts of crazy stuff. Well, of course, when she's building this spite house, the architect she's working with is a very sexy man who uh, listens to her and um, uh, is, is just misunderstood. People at work think that he's kind of a standoffish grump, but really you know he is just misunderstood and <laughs> and you know he's very sexy he's got those uh, piercing blue eyes Ooh. and uh, i don't know he, she talks a lot about this star-shaped freckle he has on his ear which if you find that sexy then oh boy you get lots of talk about that and <laughs> i don't know it's so far it's it's good it's exactly what i was hoping for
0: i'm like about halfway through
2: That i cute Gabby do you want to go next
0: I'm actually <laughs> taking a small hiatus from monster romance um, how could you do this to us <laughs> well because I have I have a thing that I have oh, to do stuff for
2: I thought you found a new thing I was like have
0: no, you guys heard about know. the serial killer romances that's the oh. thing I learned on TikTok no yeah. okay nope. no I that. <laughs> that will not be something Uh, that I'll be introducing to the mix so uh no just a brief hiatus um I am entirely committed to the monster romance genre Katie Robert has one coming out um either the end of this month or next month and I'm I'm you'll hear a lot more about that (laughs) anyway currently Um, I am reading a young adult novel called Ophelia After All. This was kindly given to me as an ARC. It's not out quite yet. I believe the second week of February by a debut author, Raquel Marie. And it is about a girl in her senior year of high school. Her name is Ophelia. And just sort of all of the, the drama and the struggle that comes with your life really changing then anyway but also discovering that maybe all of the crushes she's had on boys haven't worked out because there are other people she could be having crushes on and so it's a lot of self-discovery and she has a very uh tight-knit friend group that there's some drama there and some fracturing there and so it's it's all that really good like relational stuff that I think good young adult does so well and I'm really loving it. It's exactly the kind of thing I wish I would have had when I was this age. I'm, I'm very delighted with it so far. Ooh, Ooh, sounds good. Yeah.
2: I am reading A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Moss. It is the third book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, uh, which we've talked about in previous episodes. We all
1: know that Amanda doesn't <laughs> like them. <laughs>
2: yeah. And like, I have like a love-hate. Relationship with them. Like, the writing isn't that great. And I can say this, I feel comfortable saying this. Sarah J. Moss is living very comfortably. She is doing very well for herself. And, but the books are enjoyable for the most part. I like the side characters more than the main character. So, really, a lot of times I'm reading for them, like, okay, what's going on? And I'm curious enough about the story, the overall story and plot. I mean, this one is a chunky, chunky book. Like, I am over 200 pages in and I have all of this still left to read. Um, It's 700 pages. The first book came out as a YA fantasy, but it's now uh, more categorized as adult fantasy because of um, the sex scenes, basically. So it does fit the prompt for today. sex. If you're looking for um, a book that and you're a fantasy reader and like it's kind of like the first book is a beauty and the beast retelling but then it very much veers off of that and the rest of the series i would recommend this one for this prompt
1: there's lots of uh feasting and what are, what are some of the other things that
2: she <laughs> the mate the word mate is mates mating
1: male and female mating rituals yes. feasting very... on each other's loins <laughs> <laughs>
2: But well, one of my big pet peeves about it, it is very heteronormative. Don't like that. I'm like, this is a fairy world and there are no queer fairies. There are no queer characters. Everyone seems very white. It's problematic in some ways, but it's, you know, it is what it is of a book. So, um, and I love fantasy and I like fantasy romances. So I'm enjoying it. I can't <laughs> um it's awful. you allowed. Three. I'm on book three. I'm not hate reading it. Um, If I I have hate read a book before, but I don't continue the rest of the series. Mm. (laughs) Well, like Fifty Shades of Grey hated that book. Oh, I read it because people kept pushing it on me. And I was like, I want to see what the hype is about, which also fits today's prompt. If you've not read it don't Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I I really try really hard to not shame people for the books they read as long as people are reading I'm happy I that's genuine I'm being very genuine and honest there
0: I'm no and I would not shame people for reading it I can lead you
2: to a better land yeah that's the thing like
0: you know, I mean,
2: again, I can't remember the author of Fifty Shades of Grey, Shades of Grey. What's her name? E.L. James. Um, she's doing also very well for herself. She they, those are even turned into movies. So everyone has the books that they do and don't like, and so I have very strong feelings. Every the book,
1: their reader, every there
2: reader, their book. There we go. Yes, um, but yeah. So that is A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Moss.
1: Love at First Spike by Anna E. Collins. Ophelia After All by Raquel Marie. All right well let's get some chit-chat in here. Some chit-chat. (laughs) Chit-chat. 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 Maybe someday I will actually make a song. I just I don't think I have the expertise to compose exactly what I have in my head when I make that. Oh yeah. But like I want like a big band you know with like (laughs) trumpets and like like a drum going, you know, like, but I I don't have the the musical expertise to make that. So if someone (laughs) out there (laughs) listening is a really good musician and wants to compose a chit chat, then um, please do. Uh, Yeah, so I put a few links in there about just random stuff going on. So we can talk, maybe we'll, we'll ease into it by talking about the cookbooks that sank to the bottom of the sea. Okay, a shipment of cookbooks is lost at sea. Authors hope the fish enjoy the recipes. Oh my God, NPR, really? That's the headline we went with here? Okay, um, <laughs> so in uh, cookbooks including Turkey and the Wolf and Dinner in One were lost at sea when they were being shipped over by boats from Taiwan to the US. So those publishing dates have been postponed. But I just really enjoyed Melissa Clark, the author of Dinner and One, her reaction to it on social media. (laughs) Um, There's a picture of like, I guess, an alligator eating the book. And it says, in keeping with the zeitgeist of 2022, I regret to inform you that my all new cookbook, Dinner in One, may have sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And so well, the publication date has been delayed until September 6th. TLDR, there was a maritime storm. Containers were crushed. Some fell overboard. My cookbook, along with Add Turkey and the Wolf's Cookbook, is MIA on the Wine Dark Sea. I just thought that was <laughs> a very lighthearted way of, uh, of handling Something that I'm sure is incredibly frustrating to the authors and
2: the publishers, but yeah. yeah, it sucks. Like I mean, there are already supply chain issues, and then that happens. Yeah, um, yeah, that can't that yeah. can't feel good. And the, it's of all books, it was like a whole shipping container full of cookbooks. <laughs> like so specific. Yeah, it is very random. I'm loving the Twitter. Um, if you go on Twitter and you look at the the pictures that they have of like underwater things with the books. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the Nirvana baby one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I would be sad though. Especially if it was a book that I was like really looking forward to. I was like, damn it, I have to wait another few months for them to be yeah. printed and then shipped out.
0: Well, hopefully they get another full run. Like yeah as an author that would make me hella nervous that the publisher would be like
2: uh yeah because
0: they're basically eating a loss at that point
2: hey <laughs> hey eat
1: because they're cookbooks get it i didn't mean to do that hmm. oh man and then the other uh random thing that i don't really have any comments on either is that uh last week there was a dog attack at the san francisco library it w- attacked one of the like security guards that would be terrifying. Can you, can you even imagine like you're at work no. and then like this dog is just like attacking somebody in front of you at the library.
2: And like, was the dog unleashed? Was it just, And was it a big dog? Was it a small dog? Apparently. Okay.
1: So according to this article, apparently there was an individual who was unresponsive and in the process of trying to get the patron's attention, his dog attacked the security guard. Um, The dog's owner finally woke up and put an end to the violent scene, um, but the security guard was seriously injured.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, wait. So the person that was unresponsive owned the dog? Yes. So I guess there
1: was somebody who was, like, asleep and unresponsive in the library, and their dog was sitting with them, and when the security officer went up to, like, try and wake up the person. Yeah. Um,
2: Damn. And I'm sure the dog thought they were protecting their person and i i'm just assuming what this the whole situation was like and i don't want to assume things but oh
1: that's sad yeah
0: yeah wonder- and it's
1: uh, apparently it was this dog was a service animal
0: yeah and they're
1: trained to be safe in public places and so it's really upsetting that this dog attacked
2: yeah i'm surprised if it's a service animal that it attacked it might
1: be one of those situations you know where people are like this is a end quote service animal Aww. but their dogs aren't really. trained and that like I mean that can be dangerous like every time I see a dog off leash it makes me nervous because I'm like you think your dog is a good dog but you there could be some trigger or some circumstance that you just haven't been in with that dog before and now you've put people at risk especially if you have a big dog like I see some big dogs off leash and I'm like just gonna go to the other side of the street I don't know it just it makes me really nervous especially when I'm walking my own dog I'm like this is not gonna end well this dog's gonna come up to my
2: dog and like if your dog for example had like anxiety or was like a reactive dog Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. other dogs that doesn't help like let's say somebody's like oh my dog's super friendly it's fine and then your dog is not friendly to other dogs Mm -hmm. then it starts this really tense moment where you're worried about your pet and that person yeah. and also yelling at them. and then they're this, is, at this
1: has happened to me. And my my current dog is really friendly and just wants to play with other dogs. Mm-hmm. But my other dog, who is about the same size, also a Chihuahua, was a very mean, aggressive dog. <laughs> and she was missing all her teeth, thankfully. She couldn't actually <laughs> hurt anybody towards the end there. But one time somebody had a dog that was off leash and it was this big, like fluffy thing. I don't know what kind of dog it was, but it like bounded up to her and was trying to play with her. And she was just like growling and snapping and trying to like bite their dog. And that person was like, Oh, your dog is really aggressive. And I'm like, put your dog on a fucking leash.
2: Like, what (laughs) is your deal? You can't blame me for this. It's one of my pet peeves. eh? Um, (laughs) 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 We're just punning it up here. But again, yeah, no, that is one of my pet peeves because I used to have a dog who was very sweet and loving with us, but was really wary of new people or people that she's seen before, but like she, that weren't her people. She was, was like, it that yeah, it was Gretchen. Aww. And she was like that with animals that weren't part of her home or per, you know, tribe, I guess. And I would hate it because that our, she did get attacked and she was, um, she was a miniature dachshund and there was a big dog that attacked her. And she got hurt. Um, And the owner of the dog, the bigger dog was like, it's usually so sweet and nice. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Take care of your animal. Keep it on a leash. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. You do what you're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Gabby. Oh, I was just going to say, the branch I work in, not since uh, the Panini has been going on, but pre-Panini, we had a couple of, of regulars who would bring in animals and the most you can do is ask are they service animals and if they tell you yes you have to honor that as far as at least that's how it is in our space I don't know if that's across the board one of them for absolutely sure was was not was this this dog was not trained in any way (laughs) and it was It looked like a purebred German shepherd. Luckily for like all interactions, like it was, it was sweet. But again, like having no leash and no vest and the owner having very little uh, sway over it. It's very unnerving for other people in public spaces. Yeah, uh, It's just, you want people to have Mm -hmm. access to their animals and to support animals. I did hear about a situation where we had to
1: uh, exclude a dog but not the person <laughs> so apparently, apparently this person came in with their dog and had the whole thing where are like oh this is my service animal may or may not have been a service animal because it was not well behaved and apparently you know the dog exhibited disruptive behavior in terms of barking and going up to pee- other people unwanted and I think it peed a couple of times in the library too and so basically the the branch manager or whatever was like okay here's the deal this dog cannot come back into the library. You're welcome without the dog, but this dog cannot come back. And so I think they worked something out because I think that patron did come back. Yeah, there's a line there. It's like, even if this is your service animal, it's being disruptive and it's causing like issues in the space. I just thought that was funny. We're gonna exclude the animal, but not (laughs) the human that is responsible for the animal
2: man that'd be funny for like your dog can stay but you can leave yeah you have to leave <laughs> this dog
1: is welcome back
2: anytime look at this good boy look at this good boy <laughs> come back, with nice
1: like, <laughs> come back with a different
2: human like with a different human like my ex I missed his cat more than him for the longest time like I still thought about the cats
1: Oh, <laughs> kitties
2: yeah man
1: Oh, man. Well, we can also talk about the book banning strikes again and all that yeah. lovely stuff. Um, <sighs> so there was a Tennessee school district that voted to ban the Holocaust graphic novel Mouse. But Gabby told me before we started recording, which was that it was assigned as eighth grade reading, I think.
0: Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm.
1: And then let's see, here are the reasons for... Oh, eight curse words in an image of a nude woman were the reasons that one of the direct school directors gave for banning
2: the book. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. So before we started recording, Amanda, you were saying that you read it when you were a freshman in college and Mm -hmm. how there was um, one scene in particular that has stayed with you. Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with cussing and it had nothing Mm -hmm. to do with nudity. It was about no. a very violent scene that I, that that happened during the Holocaust. Yeah. Their reasoning for banning Mouse has nothing to do with, like, maybe the mm-hmm. violence that could be, like, yeah. I guess, traumatizing seeing it as a graphic novel in picture form or whatever. Yeah. It's because of some cuss words mm-hmm. and a page that had a naked woman. See, this is what's wrong with America, <laughs> as, along with other things. Yeah. But,
1: like, how we are totally desensitized to violence but the idea of one nude woman Mm -hmm. like completely invalidating it for you know a certain demographic or whatever and that just
2: annoys me so much yeah Yeah. and the cuss words i'm like they're in eighth grade eighth graders know cuss words (laughs) i don't understand the oh no it's so bad because they're swearing and I was reading the transcript from the school board meeting, and they were talking about going into the book and marking out those words. What? Yeah. And then they were saying, oh, but would that mess with copyright? Maybe we can. Um, I know that whenever TV shows and movies have cuss words, they'll bleep it up, but they still show the first letter. So maybe we still have to show the first letter of the cuss word. <laughs> it's ridiculous. You can go and read the like the written like transcript, like the minutes mm-hmm. from the the school board meeting where they decide that this is going to be banned across the school.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. It, Can we it's talk ridiculous. About how many cuss words are in Catcher in the Rye, which uh-huh. most of them will go on to read in ninth grade? Mm-hmm. Also, also a highly banned book, but yeah. it's mm-hmm. so highly prevalent. Yeah, in schools. Yeah. Like one year later, it's like there are like over two hundred and fifty. Like other people counted, yeah. I did not. Yeah. Are you really going to sit here and tell me, like,
1: especially with the the violence part of it? I know that middle schoolers are reading really violent things and playing Mm -hmm. violent video games and watching. So maybe it is good for them to read this, to actually see the real effects that that violence Mm -hmm. can have on people and the psychology of it. Like, I think that, you know, I'm kind of go back and forth because I'm like, "Mm, maybe ninth grade, not eighth grade, but I don't, like, I don't, I don't know. It depends on the person. It depends on the eighth grader, I think, and like where, where they are and what they're comfortable with, which is kind of why mm-hmm. I hate assigned reading in general. But, you know, that's kind of a different <laughs> different topic.
0: Yeah.
1: I saw another thing about, I, I don't really remember the details of this one, but some other um, school was trying to um, take night off the assigned reading because it was assigned to like sixth graders, I think and some really like violent things happened in night as well. But as you know, people pointed out, you know, that was happening to 12 year olds and 11 year olds, like when they, you know, during the Holocaust, that was actually happening to kids their age. And so it could be of value to read that experience. And, you know,
2: it's a messy world out there. It's scaring me how uh, commonplace um removing of books and banning books is right now um, Mm -hmm. it's happening a lot in schools. And I know that we're also facing it in public libraries, which is even more terrifying. Public libraries are forced to remove books when the public library is not just for children of a school district, it's for everybody in the Mm -hmm. community. And, And it's happening everywhere, like all over the US. And so I think people need to be vocal and go to um, the school board meetings, go to your city hall or meetings, city council meetings, like be vocal, show your support because if we just let things go and we just don't fight it, it's going to get scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already scary, but it's going to get scarier. And there was the other school here in Texas. It was in Granbury ISD. They have removed, um, Oh God, like a hundred books from the, uh, high school library, they can do that before the books are reviewed, they can remove the books because of a school board meeting where they voted 7-0, so unanimously, that um, they changed the district policy allowing books to be removed prior to review, which means that let's say one person makes a complaint about any book, they can go and take it off of the shelf so people can't access that in the school library, in the high school library. And they just went in and there are pictures showing these men walking out with the boxes full of books from the school library. And there was this really good quote I wanted to read. I don't have the name of the student, um, but she did speak up against the Granbury ISD school board. And I love this quote, Um, it says, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the slippery slope that book banning leads to because I learned from a book that I checked out from my school's library that I don't need to resort to logical fallacy to make a point. I'm simply going to say that no government and public school as an extension of government has ever banned books and banned information from its public and been remembered in history as the good guys. Well said. <laughs> yeah. yeah and um, so it's scary we have to fight this shit guys mm-hmm. y'all
1: yeah there's the other side of this coin like there's a the whole spotify thing that's happening right now
2: oh, god yeah i
1: wanted to say seth rogan that's r- the wrong rogan <laughs> joe rogan i don't want sorry <laughs> seth i didn't <laughs> that's the wrong one um <laughs> joe rogan who i think is a uh, kind of a conspiracy theorist spreads incorrect um COVID information things mm-hmm. and things like that you know, it was given a platform on Spotify. And so Neil Young and some other artists, I think just today, I think like Jody Mitchell and someone mm-hmm. else like have withdrawn their content from Spotify. We don't want to be supporting a platform that supports this kind yeah. of misinformation. So I think that a lot of people are like, oh, you're okay with banning Dr. Seuss and somebody who has a different opinion than you have but you're not okay with banning um, books written by black or LGBTQ authors. And I just feel like I need to take a moment to (laughs) say explicitly that um, giving a platform and a space to a bigot and somebody who spreads false information is not the same as giving, space to someone just writing about their life experience and that fact that they exist in the world or that something that happened to them really happened to them like taking mouse out of a collection is it feels like you're trying to erase what really happened to people during the holocaust even if that's not your intention even if you're thinking oh well we can learn about the holocaust but just not with this book because of the eight swear words or whatever your excuse is it, it does read a little bit like you just don't want people to learn the history of what actually happens and because it is nonfiction, and also just any fiction that's written from a point of view of somebody you know who's marginalized and then you just decide that you don't want their story to be told yeah. like there's a difference between that and it's it merits repeating and saying over and over again and maybe getting it tattooed on your forehead especially if you're a librarian because people for whatever reason, like to hide behind neutrality and that, yeah. just because we're a library, we should, you know, be a depository for like hate mongering garbage. Like, I don't think so. That's not someone having a quote unquote different opinion or sharing their life experience. So there. (laughs) Okay. Well, we can exit our chit chat if you're okay with that and start sharing our Sexy book recommendations. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Ah,
2: Okay, don't sing too much because I don't want to have to pay for it.
1: (laughs) I don't think the way that I'm singing it is recognizable (laughs) enough to be sued over.
0: You say, my God, it's the actual recording.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, my recommendations, I don't have a lot. Cause um, while coming up with this list, I was like, I guess I haven't read a lot of books about sex or that has like some sex scenes that really stand out to me. I mean, I've read lots of books that have sex in it,
1: Mm -hmm. but
2: I can't be like, Ooh, this one, read it. Nothing comes to mind. Like, I mean, a few things. Um, But yeah, did you, was this easy for you to think of books for both of you? I can think of a couple of things. Yeah.
1: I mean, just over the last like five years or so, I've really gotten into happily over after romances. and there's some been like some good nonfiction that's been published.
2: And so I
1: have suggestions,
2: yeah. Gabby, I'm sure this was easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was
0: it was. But only really in the last, so I went through and looked at my reading history. And honestly, it's only been in the last three years that I've read romance at all. Hmm. Prior to that, I was pretty strictly mystery and graphic novel. Interesting. My reading to my reading. have vastly changed. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Maried and have vastly changed. <laughs> you need scorched. to read a
2: Scottish romance, <laughs> uh, but maybe not Outlander. Um, yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> I read the first one. Not a fan. I was looking at
1: Outlander for my uh, one star Goodreads review, and I didn't. I've never read it, so I didn't realize how like it was is kind of frappy. It is. Um. It is. So I was like, "There's nothing funny here." now <laughs> in these one star reviews, I'm just gonna pick a different book.
2: I have not met anyone like everyone else that I know that has read it has loved it. So there is that. So if you want to read it, I mean it's it's yeah. not awful. It's just uh, rape for me in books is like one of my really hard limits. And some books, depending on how it's done, I'm more forgiving. Um, but yeah. I really didn't uh, I didn't connect, I guess, with the characters and stuff in Outlander as well.
1: Yeah. I think for my first recommendation, I really like the um, author Talia Hibbert, who has um, written those. Yes, thank you, Gabby, who wrote the Brown Sisters books, um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown, Take a Hint, Danny Brown. And I haven't read Actor Age Eve Brown yet, but it's on my list to read for sure. And then she's also written just a bunch of other like romance series too. But yeah, the Get a Life, Chloe Brown, yeah, when I was reading that, just... I just enjoy how the two male love interests in the first one and the second one are just very kind people. Like, that's what makes them sexy. It's like, ooh, yeah. I'm going to ask you, like, for consent a bunch of times, and I'm going to be really <laughs> kind and thoughtful, and I'm going to, you know, just really be there for you. You know what yeah. I mean?
2: I'm a little damaged. i Gabby's taste in her books. But <laughs> yeah. I got you, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> i just i like consent what (laughs) yeah hey let me rephrase (laughs) i'm not saying you don't like consent i'm saying i feel like a lot of your monster romances and other books that you've read and you really like are like they ask consent once or they know it's consensual but they wouldn't keep asking it it's like all right Um, (laughs)
0: shockingly no for the most part it is like it's it's a lot of considerate I don't tend to read I'll go I'll go on the spiel later but <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I I am very pro consent all the time
2: I all mean I time. guess you
0: were a hard no about
2: serial killer romances so yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> <I'm not>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay well so I I like these books because also you know there's you you have to have that element of like okay oh there's a slight misunderstanding so there's stuff going on in their lives and they somehow are perfect for each other regardless of that and I just really enjoy that like I feel like it's really sweet and um it's still very sexy to me like it it's well written I I enjoy her books have any of y'all read these
2: uh I've read the first one but I haven't Mm -hmm. read any of the others
1: yeah so like that scene where he like has the tent and he strings up the lights and the tent and like that was just very sweet
2: (laughs) he was very sweet and I like the representation in Mm -hmm. the book like she's plus size she's black and she also has um, a chronic illness Mm -hmm. Um, yes and yeah I don't know I really liked I like the representation yeah Yeah. and
1: he's very patient with her and like understanding like this is what I need (laughs) yeah so I I enjoyed those Another author that I just discovered that I really like is Denise Williams. So as far as I can tell from her website, she has two books out. And I read How to Fail at Flirting, the main character. She got out of an abusive rela- relationship with another professor at her school who was um, kind of like gaslighty and controlling and, you know, kind of verbal abuse um, and so she's trying to get over her her past um traumatic relationship. And so she just wants to like flirt and have a fling or whatever. She meets this out of town guy. She thinks he's perfect for that. But then, of course, they fall in love. And it's another one of those books where, you know, he's a good guy. He's kind. he's caring. He like is healing, you know, for her. you know, he's not controlling. he's not an asshole. It's It's one of those, you know, just, I really enjoy those stories. Like, what can I say? It's very sweet. And so there's um, another book coming out by this author called Fast, The Fastest Way to Fall. I think it was already out. um, I think I have a hold on it at the library. And then this, I just really enjoy following this author on Instagram because she posts all these ideas that she has for different books that she's going to write someday. And oh my gosh, they all sound amazing. And I can't wait to (laughs) read like everything she writes. So um, that her name is Denise Williams, and that's How to Fail at Flirting and the Fastest Way to Fall. Sort of a nonfiction option for folks, I read Come As You Are, The Surprising New Science That Will Transform Your Sex Life by Emily Nagos- Nagoski, a PhD. It's, it was one of those like really good science fiction, science fiction, oh my god, why? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the vagina from outer space. No. <laughs> um, it's just really good nonfiction. <laughs> Would read <laughs> where I was uh reading it and like taking notes and stuff because it was just like the the sort of sex education that you get when you're a kid, especially in, in public schools and stuff, is just very woefully, and especially for girls, is very woefully under they don't do a very good job. Yeah. And you know, I do I do I remember some like vague, you know, conversations with my parents or whatever, but I think I was like a teenager that was like, oh, I don't want to listen to my parents talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So it was really good to read this book because it, it just kind of goes into, it just talks about everything very matter-of-factly and it goes into a lot of the science and like really interesting things. And, you know, just one thing that i I really hate is like this sort of almost like toxic masculinity where there's this, you know, women have low sex drive, men have high sex drive, and that's just the way that it is. Um, But like, we know that that's not true. And like, I just really enjoyed reading this book, because it just, it individualizes people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, everybody has their own, whatever they're into. And everything, everybody has their own, like, level of hormones balanced in there, you know, and it's just like, everybody's unique. And that's why it's come
2: as you are. Also, (laughs) like, Come hey. as you,
1: hey.
2: okay um, <laughs> can you explain that joke to us anyway? uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well so as you see when someone uh, okay <laughs> e- even if you I think identify as asexual or or some someone on that end of the scale it's just really fascinating to read everybody's um, different levels and interests and how everybody is unique
2: mm-hmm. That um, come as you are has been on my tbr for a while
1: the last thing i want to just talk about is a anticipated next read uh quake and who wrote the ya book pets that i really liked they are coming out with their first romance novel which is called you made a fool of death with your beauty Mm. and um the premise sounds really interesting um so it's been five years since the accident that killed the love of her life and she's almost a new person now an artist with her own mm-hmm. studio and sharing a brownstone apartment with her ride-or-die best friend joy who insists it's time for faye to ease back into the dating scene based on the the latter part of this description it sounds like they fall in love with their roommate which is kind of cool like they meet the perfect guy but then they fall in love with a roommate instead it's kind Ooh. of what it sounds like but it, mm-hmm. it's very vague in the details so they they Fall in love with the one person in the house who's definitely off limits. So I'm not sure what Ooh. that means, but um, yeah, this book is coming out soon. It's already been optioned for a film um, with Michael B. Jordan. So oh, must he's a be beautiful man. Yeah, beautiful. Man. Um, it must be good, even though it's not out yet. That's already been optioned for a film.
2: So yeah, and they already have a somebody connected with it.
1: Yeah. So I'm interested, excited. It doesn't, you know, sound like it'll be terribly lighthearted because there is like that tragedy component to it, but it still sounds really awesome. That's my
2: list. <laughs> um is it okay if I go next, Gabby? Yeah. The ones that I could think of um that I would recommend um off the top of my list is um the off-campus series by l kennedy the first book is called the deal and it is um i I don't know if it's now more traditionally published but it was first independently published and she has lots of different romances and they're steamy and they're great the off-campus series is a hockey romance and each book is about a different couple and the deal the first one starts with the kind of thing he's like the captain of the hockey team um and this college and he is gorgeous charming ladies man um but and he's what i do like in all of the books is that they all have real life issues as well that they're all dealing with and so he how him and this girl meet is they're sharing the same class and he's struggling. I think it's like a psychology class or something. And she's really good. She's like one of the only people to have aced this test. And he finds out that and he's like, I want you to tutor me. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, basically immune to his charms. And he's like, I don't understand. Why are you telling me? No, this is very weird for me. And he's like, how about this? I will fake date you to help you get like make this other guy jealous that she did have a crush on and she's like no that's ridiculous da, da, da. end up fake dating trope which I'm a sucker for um mm-hmm. and I love romances where one of them starts ha- having feelings before the other one and you have to like kind of the other one has to kind of like slowly like charm them and like really get to show show who they are as people and it's super cute. I, need to, I read the first two in the series and I love both of them. I went and I bought the rest of the series and there's a spinoff as well. And I want to read more of her books, but they're great. Um, so it's hockey romance set in a college setting, which I'm, also don't we have a prompt about set in a school setting? Mm-hmm. So this could work for that prompt as well if you want to hold off. Loved it. I love that series. Um, the other romance that I was surprised by how steamy it was with the sex scenes was The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Oh, Hwang?
1: I did read that too. Yeah, yeah. that was very steamy.
2: Yes. <laughs> and by the cover, I did. Didn't and by the premise of the book, I didn't think it would be as genius as the it. premise of the book is that she hires like yeah, but male. like I didn't think because it's like one of it came out now a few years ago and it was one of the first ones with more of a cartoon dr- cover. Oh, uh-huh. and so I was like, okay, it's gonna be a romance, but like mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna have some sex scenes and stuff, but I didn't realize how much on the page it would be. I'm not, I'm, I'm recommending it. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, <laughs> so.
1: no, no, I agree with you though. That was yeah. actually the second. Um, romance book that I ever read because the first one I read was The Wedding Proposal and when I was listening to it on a plane and I wasn't prepared for it to be that sexy (laughs) and I was like oh oh I'm sitting between two strangers I need to stop this sound that's happening (laughs) I need to listen to like a podcast or something
2: (laughs) I need to listen to some murder podcasts. Yeah, something else. <laughs> that is more acceptable because I'm an American. <laughs> yeah. And violence is more acceptable than sexuality. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I also listened to the audiobook of The Kiss Quotient, which is a great audiobook. Um, I would rec- recommend it. I can't remember the narrator's name, but uh, I re- <laughs> remember this was the first time me and my partner lived together. And I was listening to it and I was doing other stuff. So I just had it playing. And I asked him, I was like, do you mind if I listen to my audio book? I'm going to be doing other things while I'm doing this. I don't, I didn't have my headphones in. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And then it gets to a sex and I'm like, um, <clears throat> <laughs> and he's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> and I told him the name. He's like, okay, I'm going to have to check it out because that sounds like, he was interested. He was So there we go. It's been a few years since I've read, I've read it, but so Amanda, if you've read it, Gabby, have you read the Kiss Quotient? No, it's on my list. Oh, you have (laughs) to read it. Amanda, feel free to jump in if I'm forgetting things about the premise. Okay. But it's about this woman who, um, she's incredibly smart. smart. Um, she's Asperger's and, um, she is trying to find a like, I guess the way to find the perfect partner or something like that, right?
0: If I remember.
1: Yeah, I think um, she's especially concerned. Well, I don't know if concern is the right word, but she is inexperienced with like having a sexual partner and she wants to figure out that piece before she gets a romantic partner because she wants to like understand it.
2: That's right. And so what she does is she um, finds this guy And he is kind of like an escort or something like that, if I remember right. He's incredibly handsome, super sweet. Um, And he definitely helps her in that department. And um, they're adorable together. And I loved them immediately. And I was like, do not date anyone else. Just stay with him. I don't know. And there was um, the author. She also is um, autistic or on the autism spectrum. Um, so it was an own voices book and I don't remember if the main character if she was Asian American or just the love interest and the author is as well it's really really good super enjoyable there's other books now that are I don't know if it's their direct sequels but there are more books kind of I think in that set that um, world by the same author that have come out that I really want to read let's see what other ones Did I have, oh, there's The Court of Thorns and Roses, which I mentioned earlier by Sarah J. Mass. if you're wanting a fantasy romance. You can sometimes find it in the young adult section of libraries. It's really more adult. Bookstores are even now putting them in the adult section. So the first book was considered YA and everything else since then has been adult. And then the first book I ever remember reading that was a true erotica novel, which I couldn't even finish because I read it way too young. I think I mentioned this in a previous episode I was like in fifth sixth grade and I saw it had Sleeping Beauty in the title and I was like oh it's a retelling I love the Disney princesses and blah 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 and fairy tales um it was a little bit traumatizing at the time that I read it because it's very there's a lot of BDSM um lots of different um kind of seems it's a it was a bit ahead of its time um it is the sleeping beauty trilogy by ann rice i think she uh wrote it under a pen name when it first came out but if you just looked the sleeping beauty trilogy by ann rice you'll find it the first book is called do either of you know that the series
0: only from you talking about it yeah
2: um hold on let me i think it's called the claiming of sleeping beauty is the first one yeah the first book in this trilogy is the claiming of sleeping beauty and if you're wanting like a true erotica book for this prompt this is kind of a classic in that genre um and it is by ian rice there's no vampires or anything in it that i remember but again i was like in sixth grade when i tried reading it and I didn't finish it um although i've been t- interested to see if i could read it now and finish what i like how it compares i guess is reading it as an adult There are lots of triggers for it, so be sure to look those up. If you want to reach out to us, I can look them up for you to see what they are, and I could send up a list of what the the triggers are for that book series. The book that I want to read is a nonfiction um, Bonk by Mary Roach. Um, she wrote, she's probably most well-known for writing Stiff, which, um, is a nonfiction book about death and what happens to our bodies and, um, kind of like the science of death. And I really, really love her writing and she does a lot of research And Bonk is about sex, um, and the science of sex and just how, like a sociological approach to it as well. Um, so it sounds really interesting, but those
0: all that I have I so uh while I've been recovering from the surgery I've been watching more TikTok than mm. should be allowed legally um, <laughs> but I saw one last night I think it was and it was a book talker talking about uh the Sleeping Beauty trilogy oh and I was like I've never heard anyone else talk about this other than Brittany
2: yeah I've never met anyone that has read it
0: Same story. She was like, I came to this way early. I was like 12 or 13 when like I read it for the first time. And that is way too early. And everyone I've ever known who's read it, like also read it way far too early. And I'm like, (laughs) wait, what is her name? Because I remember um whenever it was the summer
2: between my eighth and ninth grade year. Um I became friends with these girls and we were talking about it and they were curious about it and I took it was my mom's book and I mailed it to her and I was like it. <"R-> <laughs> <laughs> and she lived in a different state oh, and um I said to her she also could not finish it and she's like I got rid of it and I was like you're supposed to mail
0: it back that was my mom's book <laughs>
2: but I'll she's like I this is disgusting
0: it. oh my god I'll have to see if I can find it that is hilarious yeah. oh yeah. my god yeah. <laughs>
1: you, you were probably like the
2: <laughs> you mailed
1: erotica <laughs> to your middle school friend or whatever
2: <laughs> I was like in ninth grade when I mailed it yeah uh, but like oh. I remember cause she read a lot of romances and I was like okay yeah romance is one thing but have you ever read like really raunchy romance not, cause at that time I didn't know the term erotica sure. and she was like well yeah and I was like
0: uh <laughs>
2: Love you. <laughs> Love you, though. <laughs> yeah. Because I think when I was talking with her, it was like the summer of my eighth grade year or whatever. And I maybe knew the term erotica, but I didn't really know much about it. I don't know. Because I tried reading that book like in sixth, seventh grade, but that's crazy, Gabby. That's so hilarious. I'll we'll see if I
0: can Did find she read it.
2: Did the, the person you were listening to, she actually finished it? Did she read the rest? She didn't
0: say if she finished it or not. Okay, um, she just talked about how she read it way too young and that everyone she knew who read it also read it far too young. Yeah. <laughs> the The first one I want to talk about um, is also a young adult fantasy, although more towards new adult, but I we don't really use that classification, I don't think. I think you could, depending on the
2: age of the characters, maybe. Yeah. But um, the libraries and bookstores don't really have a new adult category, like where you can go browse new adult.
0: Yeah. So Furyborn is a young adult fantasy series by Claire Legrand and uh, is the first in the, in the trilogy. And I mainly wanted to bring it up just because I I read it several years ago and I don't remember specifically like a lot of the main characters like the spice level between them. I know there is some spice because it's (laughs) it's Mm clear and she likes to throw some spice in there. But one of the things that always stuck with me about Furyborn it was one of the first instances of positive female masturbation on page and that always stuck with me because I remember reading it and going oh my god like I've never (laughs) like I've never read that before and it was really it was just like, it was something that stuck out to me as far as, as the writing and like, it was really well done and like with the scene and everything. Um, but that's something I appreciate about Claire Legrand's writing for her young adult and older YA. And I believe she has an adult series coming out next year, the first, but she always has such positive depictions of female sexuality over a range of whatever that may look like. If you like young adult, you like it a little bit on the spicier side, but you want confidence that like it's going to be a positive thing for the female characters involved. Highly recommend pretty much anything by Claire. Friend
1: Friend of the podcast. (laughs) Did we say friend of the podcast already? Friend of the
0: podcast. (laughs) Friend of the podcast. Um, The second one is Rafe by Rebecca Witherspoon. I came across this one because I literally googled low conflict romance. Um, (laughs) I was having a period of great anxiety in my life. And I think Amanda mentioned earlier, typically in the romance arc, you have that moment of misunderstanding and it's all falling apart and lovers torn asunder. And I was like, I really want to read romance, but I can't handle that right now. Um, And the internet gave me Rafe. It's a little bit longer than a novella, but not like full length novel. And you like, "Mm, it's just perfect. Like Rafe might be a like we talk sexiest. He is one of the sexiest romance heroes I've read and I don't do contemporary very often. Like it's it is local, like there he so he's a male nanny, a nanny, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the subtitle of this is a buff male nanny story. Now <laughs> <laughs> and it's accurate. Um a buff male nanny. Um he's too smart to be a himbo uh, okay like he's intelligent himbo is that whatever that
2: <laughs> um it's a male character written by a woman that yeah. is your answer <laughs> yeah
0: and yeah and so he's super hot I, if i remember right he's uh he's a ginger so if you like hot ginger well, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> you can't have amanda you can have Ray. um <laughs> And so he goes to work for this uh, career woman. She has twin daughters. She she is a Black woman. So and she's a doctor. Sorry, this is, it's been a minute. So it's all like, it's all coming back. And just the, their chemistry is super great. Like the spicy scenes are like, mm, so well done. And then if you like, what is that? Looks like a cinnamon roll, but could kill you. Like. He is that, is I think the reverse. Looks like he could kill you, but he's a cinnamon roll. Like loves her daughters. Like he's great with kids. Like there's that whole fluff aspect to it. Just yes. Next is Love Scammed by Rilsey Adams. Uh, This is a novella and it is pretty much Spice. Both leads are persons of color, if I remember correctly. And they get tricked into by their friends into going on uh, a week long vacation together at a all inclusive resort type situation. It was like, Oh, we're all going JK. We've dumped you at the airport together. Have fun. Bye. And so they're like, well, all right, but you're paying for all the drinks. And so so they, so they go and yeah, it's just, it's really hot and it's, You've got, like, the vacation vibe and the island and, mm-hmm. you know, the tropical paradise environment going on. Um, what what uh, was the title
1: of this? Love Scammed. Love Scammed. So have you read The Unhoneymooners? I have not. Similar plot, except they're the bridesmaid and the best man, and they have to go on their first people's honeymoon because they no. couldn't go. So they're forced proximity vacation, baby. <laughs>
0: yeah that one just moved up my tbr (laughs) um so again like very low conflict very spicy uh the next one is probably one you're familiar with if you are involved in the romance world on instagram or tiktok at all it's the duchess deal by tessa dare exquisite historical romance for me the lead like our female our lead has A lot of agency she is not (laughs) fainting about or being pushed around by our big burly duke there's the big burly duke um but it's got a lot of like it's a lot of great banter like their relationship build is really sweet the payoff is really sweet there was a cat (gasps) kitty yeah there was an angry cat like roaming around the house that would attack the duke at random times if i remember right which added some levity (laughs) and the supporting characters were all really interesting which of course uh because it's building into a series um so spinoffs and all of that but if you're looking for a spicy historical with really good banter and relationship highly recommend the duchess deal and then There's for the night by katie roberts <laughs> so this has been this year has been uh for me the year of reading katie robert i i, I read There's for the night a couple of years ago and this was sort of the gateway for me into uh, triads or throuples. Um, So this is two guys and a girl. The guys are, it's a prequel novella to then a duology. And the guys are on the run from, one of them is the prince and one is the bodyguard. And they're on the run from like his evil uncle, I think it is. And they meet uh, down on her luck college like she's like at the end of college and like mid early mid-20s that age range so you've got some a public sex but no one can see it but them because it's the whole club vibe um so it's the almost getting caught vibes and then giant penthouse in the sky later on so you've got the billionaire playboy thing going on but also it's the three of them so there's <laughs> There's added limbs? Question mark. (laughs) Um, So, if you're interested or curious about a romance with more than two main characters, I I would recommend starting with that because it's it's short and very hot, um, but they have great chemistry. And then for something completely different, what I would like to read I haven't read this yet is not a romance novel at all; is a memoir. It's called Affirming a Memoir of Faith, Sexuality, and Staying in the Church by Sally Gary. Uh, the author is uh, a lesbian who comes to terms and like tries to figure out her place within, within her own life and within her own sexuality and within her faith that she grew up in. And so that's a totally different vein, but yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Well, cool.
1: Thank you ladies for sharing all that. So hopefully that gave you some inspiration for what to read for this prompt for this month, February. Let's talk about sex. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, and like we said, we're very loosey-goosey with the themes. So if you're not into romance and you don't want to read, you know, it can just be something very tangentially related. Um, If you need suggestions, um, just hit us up. We're happy to help can Um, i give a
2: tv recommendation that has sex on the title oh sure actually two um one is sex education it's Mm -hmm. amazing oh i watched that oh my gosh we binged it it was so good i need to watch the latest season still um i've heard it's really good the latest season Mm -hmm. have you watched it yet i think we've watched all of it like we sat down and just like it's so good and it's a british (laughs) show um it's on netflix right or hulu yeah i think it's on netflix yeah it's and, so awkward, deeply yes, uncomfortable. Yes. Amazing. I loved it, it every second. So, so good. It's funny. It's endearing. It's very awkward at times. Um. It is great. Um. And. And it has Scully it, in it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I love her. She is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. She's a sex positive teacher person. Like t- she's t- a sex psychologist. Yeah. 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 And it's about her and her son and he's in high school and just, he decides he's going to start his own business. Yeah. Six sex advice (laughs) to other teenagers. It is great.
0: It is so good.
2: Um, and the other one is Mindy Kaling. Um, I love her shows. I love, um, never have I ever, which Mm -hmm. is more young adult coming of age. And the, she also has sex lives of college girls. And it's set during college, of course, you tell by the title, and it's about these four girls who are roommates, like dorm mates, and their experiences for a freshman year of college and the people they come across, um, then their sexuality and their sex lives. And it is so good. I need season two so bad. Mm-hmm. I benched that whole season in like one or two days. I love mm-hmm. it okay. so much. And I believe it's on HBO but um yeah both of those are are really good so those are some some recommendations that kind of fit with the theme of today's podcast
1: yeah I didn't realize that Mindy Kaling did that one I'll yeah she
2: she's not in it but she's like the producer and writes for it
1: mm, yeah. cool all right are we ready for our one-star good review yes do 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 Also, if anyone out there wants to make a theme for the One Star Goodreads review, <laughs> <laughs> send us your musical talents. All right, so I chose Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, a classic that people have read. Here is the One Star Goodreads review from Nika from back in 2018. Mika says, Jesus Christ, just have sex. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.